0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall. And as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post game live producer.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with
0: Byte. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
2: I thought it was an eco-move
0: Restricted free agent, has his new deal, a three-year deal, just shy of a $4 million average annual value. Uh, he will be a restricted free agent again in the 2024 all season, but Carter Hart is under contract going into this upcoming season. Taryn, I will start with you. What did you think of the new contract? And we heard from Carter Hart as well. As he sounded refreshed recharged and ready to go for next season. Uh, what did you think of his comments and all, overall the new, no, the new deal?
1: Uh, I we will we'll get into cam earlier, but I would, interviewed cam Atkinson earlier today and we were talking about it pretty briefly, you know, off camera while we were just chatting. And um, cam was kind of like, you know, always always good to know who your goaltender is going to be playing behind you. So I'm sure the guys are kind of happy that they have some idea of like, all right, here's some situation that we just know we don't really have to like deal with or hear about all season long um, because sometimes some of those narratives that run all season long, I don't know if they necessarily get to a player within like the timeline of a game, but I- I'm sure they get tired of hearing them. So one thing that just everybody gets to get off of their plate, I feel like, and Chuck Fletcher included. Um, and then as far as his comments go, you know, I think, I think I'm probably in line with a lot of people where it's like he said all the right things, you know, improved on a lot of places of his game over the summer, spent a lot of time training also outside golfing and playing tennis and obviously staying really active. And he said that part of Canada where he's at near Edmonton is pretty open. Um, So you hope he has lots of resources that he can use in order to be prepared for the season. So you love to hear him say all the right things. I think everyone kind of is like, cool. You checked all the boxes. Let's see how you play when you get out there and play. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, when a player says to me, it's always good to know who's playing behind you. And I'm, it seems like that's probably a, a feeling a lot of guys across the team I'm sure would have then I'm on board for, especially you wonder how much longer, I hate to pose this thought this way, but you wonder with, if he had like a a wildly successful year this year coming up, and then all of a sudden you're in a bit of a cat bind situation when you're talking about re-signing your goaltender as well. I'm sure Chuck was like, let me get this thing done. Let me see how much money I really have to work with for certain things moving forward as well. Locking in your, your young goaltender who, should be a number one. I know we're saying he's a number one. Martin Jones said he wants to come in and compete for number one. Carter Hart, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, should be number one. Um, Is always good to just get it done, get it locked in.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see, like you said, Taryn, to get it done and get it over with. Uh, sometimes restricted free agents, their new deals don't come until maybe some days into training camp. We saw that with Travis Konechny not too long ago. Uh, he went three days, I think, into training camp without a new mm-hmm. deal. and. It was all anybody
1: asked about for the first three days. It was every question. And you could tell every guy was like, I don't want to talk about Travis's contract anymore.
0: Right. They were like, Hey, when Travis gets here, we'll, we'll be excited to see him. But you know, Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault didn't really uh, mince words when they were talking about it. Yeah. It kind of became a small little drama. Thankfully he signed got it done with and uh, everyone could kind of move forward and shift gears. So it's good that Carter Hart has his deal. And um and, and, and yeah, Taryn, I, I love that you brought that up because I would have been fascinated to see what he would have gotten in terms of years and money if he had played really well last season. That would have been three straight years of impressive play from a kid before uh, he turned 23 years old. Uh, obviously had the down season. And I wonder if that changed the deal a little bit. Joe, what did you think of the deal? What, what do you think maybe he would have gotten in terms of years and money if he had played really well last year?
2: Well, you know, that's um, I don't even know if I would venture to guess at this point because of the cap situation. So I I, I don't know, but I I will say, I think it's a good, it was a, it's a good deal for Carter, a good deal for the flyers. And what stood out to me is today in his press conference, I I asked him very late in the press conference that about the sentiment that this team needed a fresh start. And with him not having played a regular NHL season yet, um, whether he was viewing it as a fresh start also. And I was kind of expecting him to deflect that a little bit. And he didn't, he flat out said, yes, it's a clean slate and how much he's looking forward to it. And I felt like we were getting a new, it, it was a new Carter Hart. It wasn't the guy last year. That we saw sitting at that podium on a number of occasions with, you know, lo- losing the body language war, let's say. Um, because there were several times last season where we would see him and say, I- I've never seen him with body language like that. Mm-hmm. And sort of that um, the shine came off his exterior, which t- until that point he'd always been. Such an upbeat guy. If he had a bad game, he'd bounce back quickly. He never seemed like he let things get to him. And then last season happened. And it seemed like a lot of things got to him. Um, and you know, he reflected on that today. And, you know, as Taryn said, he said all the right things. And really none of this matters unless he goes out on the ice and plays differently than he played last season. But In terms of a step forward for the team, for Carter, and the way we heard him sound today and the way he's looking at this upcoming season, I think you have to be happy and you have to be encouraged.
0: Indeed. When people ask me what is Carter Hart really like, from my interactions with him and being around him the number of years that I have, he really is like an innocent kid that just loves playing hockey. Um, The team even, you know, some of the older guys even poke fun at him because he truly has like a kid mindset. Um, He's an innocent guy that just loves playing the game. And we really did not see him smile much last season. He, a lot of times he had looked like a kid that was beaten down, uh, just wanted to be away from the spotlight, just get away from everything. Today, in his press conference on Monday, he was smiling. You could tell he was refreshed, recharged, and really, really eager to get into next season. Taryn, I personally have zero doubts about his future. I just don't, I think he has shown me so much in his first two seasons that it totally trumps what we had seen last year in what was just a really weird year, uh, not only in hockey, but in the world that we live in. Taryn, do you have any doubts about his future um, or is he the number one in your eyes going forward for the Flyers?
2: I
1: wouldn't say I have doubts. Um, I will say $12 million will make you smile, which is nearly <laughs> what Carter earned today. So I'm sure there's a many layered reason as to his happiness today. Um, no, I don't have doubts about like his dedication to the game and and all of that stuff. Um, I do think it was a weird year for everyone. Again, I hate to like continue to go back to this Kim Atkinson thing today, but this is the first time I've talked to a player in person since March of 2020. And he was saying like, especially everything that happened in 2020 in terms of that year the bubble and then the preparation for 2021 and the way 2021 was executed he was like all of it was brutal like it was brutal and I said I'd mentioned something about like I I had heard that especially the guys and Chuck had confirmed the guys who are you know single and young and don't have wives and kids and people like you know like people in their house kind of um, adding to their life every single day outside of hockey, um, especially had a hard time. And and Cam kind of said to me, and this was all um, off camera, so I'm not spoiling the interview, but I know he was comfortable with me talking about it. Um, he was like, yeah, honestly, it, it was brutal for for everyone, like everyone, because you're thinking about teams talking about the idea of if you have a wife who works in these professions where they're exposed to a lot of people there being restrictions or if your kids are in school and they play school sports we heard athletes talk about that about you know them people talking about their kids being involved in lots of activities where they're around lots of people all that stuff and then you you do go back to carter and what we've heard about carter what we know about carter and how difficult it is at the same time that near constant isolation where also everyone, everyone around you who was a massive supporter the year before is questioning your ability to do your job and you're just constantly consuming it and thinking about it. Even if he's not reading the articles or watching us on NBC Sports Philadelphia pre and post game and during intermission lives every single game, um, that he still, he knows it's there. You're still aware of it. I've heard this from players all the time. Even if you don't consume it, you know it's there. You see it. You're tagged in the tweets. You see some of them, you know, Um, I don't, I hope it's not like it this year. I hope that's not how it is. I mean, Lord only knows with everything that's going on, but um, I have faith that Carter of last year will not be Carter of this year. And it seems like, you know, he, he, again, he said all the right things about really refocusing on parts of his game. And he wouldn't mention a specific part of his game that they worked on, which I found interesting because last year they talked about the angles and all that stuff. And then he came in and his angles all looked off. And I thought that was a smart kind of mature move to, to handle it this way this year instead, even though as a reporter, you'd like more detail. Like you sit there and you're like, all right, he's figuring some of this stuff out. Um, So I got faith. I got faith in the kid that he'll bounce back. And he certainly has okay. um, the resources and now the, the money to add any resources that he needs to, to do so. Because we saw how much Nate McKinnon apparently spends on his day-to-day to ensure that he's well-prepared each and every game. You'd hope that maybe now, if Carter feels necessary, reinvest in certain places that might need help this year or don't, just go back to having fun. Like you said, Jordan, he's definitely a, a guy who can tell just really adores the game of hockey and you hope that this year with um, also with people having more things going on in their life, where your sole focus isn't like ride or die with these teams that are playing essentially in a bubble that maybe it takes some of the, the heat off the situation, which allows them to succeed. I don't know. That was a long rant about a whole lot of different things, but kind of the vibe
0: I get around the situation. No, exactly what we needed. I love it.
2: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of
0: American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, You need Indeed.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Well, Taryn and Joe, I'm excited and happy that you guys brought up the Cam Atkinson interview because we definitely want to get into it. Um, I'm excited to watch it. Taryn sat down with one of the Flyers' newest additions, Cam Atkinson, on Monday for an interview that's going to run next week in Sportsnet Central. We'll have clips up on the website. Uh, Taryn, I'll start with you. Just we what got we got,
1: Cam, Cam and kids and Gritty. For yeah, there's dudes. a
0: picture. I know Cam Atkinson met. Off, just his came up. Met, yeah. <laughs> his wife met Gritty. Um, I bet that was a huge thrill because, as we know, Cam Atkinson's wife is a huge fan of Gritty even before the trade went down. His two kids got to meet him. Um, a lot of fun with Cam Atkinson. As we know, the his personality is great. I think he's going to fit in really well with Philadelphia. I personally have really enjoyed how he's interacting with fans on social media. I think that makes people. Um, Want to watch the Flyers? Want to to know him as a person? I think it's always cool when that happens. Taryn, what did you uh, what did you take away from the interview with Cam Atkinson? Uh, how was it? How was it meeting him and just getting to know the new Flyer?
1: It was so nice to talk to a person in person. There you first go. First of all, I really enjoyed that. That was really nice. Um, I will say, I, I think you're totally right. Like his personality, I think could do very very well here. He's like a more mellow version of Kevin at Hayes in that he just, he just talks the way a normal person talks, like the way he's talking about, we were talking about the COVID year and the bubble, you know, the postseason before that and his move to Philadelphia and stuff and um, very easygoing, like could walk into a, into a restaurant in Philly and talk to anybody and you'd have no idea he was a professional athlete because he's very, very down to earth and um, pretty chill which I think lends itself to doing well in a new locker room. Sometimes big personalities, like massive personalities, um, either they fit or they don't. Like you you can imagine Kevin Hayes in a really bad situation might not be everybody's taste, even though he's such a leader and works so well in the Flyers locker room. Um, But yeah, Cam was great. He seems like, when The biggest thing that I, I'll say that I took away from the interview, and I don't want to spoil all of it, is I talked to him a lot about that day that he got the phone call, mm-hmm. um, that he was being traded and the events before that and immediately after that. Um, and, you know, he was saying he they just said the draft party the night before and he's signing all of these autographs and um And then all of a sudden you, you get a call and it's like, we got to buy a new house. I got to find, you know, a new preschool for my kid. Eventually I got to tell my wife, where are we going to live? What are we going to do all that? Um, And he said pretty quickly, it, it felt like he said the welcome wagon in Philly was insane. He was like the way this organization runs from you know, getting me into a car to getting me on a plane to getting me into a house to making sure that me and my wife and my children felt comfortable and taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then to have Scott Lawton reach out, Kevin Hayes, obviously, you know, JVR, all that. So it seems like his transition into Philadelphia has been a really pleasant one that's made him look forward to playing in this city and for this city. And then that allows him to just figure out the hockey part of it, which is Huge. I mean, when you're not dealing with this like aching pain of saying goodbye to Columbus and, you know, whatever, all that, you just get to focus on the hockey and his wife has friends here, he has friends here, which sets yourself up just to focus on what you need to focus on, which will be huge. Plus, he said, like, you look at Columbus and that's not even the Columbus he played for, like the Columbus they have right now. So many of the pieces of that team that made it what it was. Are have been traded away and so it seems like he's really excited that you know if they were going to break the band up break it up and send me somewhere else so it's not stale was the word that he used and of all the places he said all the connections to Philadelphia really set the stage for what should be a great relationship he said it much more eloquently than I did so tune into the interview but it does seem like It's kind of best-case scenario for him, even though he didn't expect it or see it coming in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, it was really impressive to see how quickly he said he turned the page uh, because he he will go down as one of the better Blue Jackets ever. Obviously, it was an expansion team starting in uh, 2000, but if you look at some of the the stats in franchise history over, obviously, their, I think, 21-year tenure in the league, uh, he's right up there in like top two uh, in a lot of offensive categories. So I know he was very beloved in, in Columbus and uh, he had a lot of fond memories, but you can just tell how much the Flyers excite him uh, in the way he was able to turn the page so quickly. Joe, how about you? Uh, how about you? Uh, any snippets of the interview that really stood out for you? I know you helped coordinate it and construct it all. What, what did you think of Cam Atkinson on Monday? Well,
2: I just think it's interesting to, to, to even see the progression from when we did the podcast with him a couple of weeks ago to now and sort of his, his comfort level. Cause if you remember when we did the podcast with him, he mentioned he did the podcast on his phone from his mom's closet at her house because his kids were running around, their dogs were running around. It was a little bit of a crazy situation for him that day. And, you know, thankfully he's a great enough guy that he took the time to do the podcast despite the, hectic sort of circumstances that he had going on with his transition at that point. Um, So, you know, that, that stood out to me and and I found it, I I find it interesting when um, he's coming from a place where things got stale. And I think now he's coming to a place where I would argue that things got stale and he's part of the, refreshing of the staleness yeah and it's a little bit it's a bit of an interesting thing and we've talked about this on uh, you know on previous episodes that Pierre-Luc Dubois was a, a linemate mate of his and he set him up for a bunch of goals and then he got traded for Patrick Line, who doesn't set anybody up for goals aside from himself and I had mentioned that it's like when you if you traded for um Dame Lillard or, you know, you traded for James Harden and then you get surprised that the other guys on the offense numbers go down because they don't have the ball that much. They don't have, they don't shoot it as much. I think the same can be said in a situation like this. So I I really think that that's a good, um, that's a good, a good situation for him to be coming into to kind of give him a jump start. Um, in, in new surroundings. So I think, you know, the guy couldn't have a better attitude. And I really think, too, and I brought this up when we had Scott on a few weeks ago when they first made the signing, that for the longest time, the Flyers were a destination for free agents, for guys to be traded to. Um, now, a lot of that was pushed by um, the late owner, owner Ed Snyder, he was very much into going out and getting the biggest names. And part of the reason they were such a destination is that Ed Snyder was here. I think got getting in guys like Cam Atkinson, who are very pro the organization, they're really um, high on the organization and the way they do things. And, you know, almost in just their normal conversation, they're promoting the team. I think that could help get the flyers back to being, a destination for free agents. And quite frankly, that's what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to re to build this team back to being a Stanley cup contender and guys like Cam Atkinson, their play on the ice and the way they are and just, you know, how polarizing they are about the organization that they play for can really help that process.
0: Yeah. Cam Atkinson will certainly spearhead all of that uh, in the sense that when they acquired him, Chuck Fletcher, the general manager of the team, admitted there was a malaise last season. Nobody was smiling. Um, there was, yeah, there was staleness. And Cam Atkinson is probably the opposite of staleness. Um, tons of personality, a team first guy, a family first guy, fan first guy. He just, he's everything you probably want in, in, in terms of if you're looking to refresh things and, and rebuild things. Um, And the Flyers want to compete and contend this upcoming season. And Cam Mackinson is the guy that's going to help there. Um, And he's been, yeah, he's definitely been an organization first guy so far. I think Phillies are really going to like him. Um, And Carter Hart talked about it today. We'll go back to Carter Hart for a second. He mentioned uh, it's very excited to hear that these guys want to come to play for the Flyers. You want guys that want to be a Flyer. And uh, we've, we've seen it with all these offseason season additions. A lot of them talk about the history and wanting to be here because they believe this team can win. Uh, Taryn, do you, do you feel that's genuine? Do you feel like this team is going to be in a spot to win next season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to um, what I was talking about the last podcast that I was on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that it feels like Chuck brought in guys who have proven what they can do Maybe I'll take in and put a slight caveat around it because the sabers of it all, but um, that have proven what they can do right now. And a lot of them were alternate captains on the teams that they were on. A lot of guys that are expected to come into the locker room and kind of set a tone in terms of work ethic and team kind of morale and expectations off the bat. Um, a lot of character guys and character guys though, who can also play hockey. Like you're not talking about veterans who can't play anymore, but set a good tone, like character guys that can still play. The thing is, is that they can play right now and they can maybe play. A few of them have quite a few years left in them, but there are certain guys on that roster that want to do something, make moves right now. Mm -hmm. And to me, that said that Chuck has taken a lot. There's been a lot of years where the flyers have, invested now to see return on investment later and chucks seemingly shifted the focus to okay that core group where we had always talk about jake and g kind of towards the top we're we're shaking up that group that group has been shooketh, yeah. and we're taking this group of young players of up-and-comers and their expectation window starts now really started like a season and a half ago but whatever and we're going to give them pieces that back them now, that, that can work with them now. And to me, that says, like, yeah, Chuck is expecting results currently. We're not talking about three years from now or once Lynn Blom grows, grows into his game, although he's probably the exception of that entire rule. Um, but, like, Sandheim should be in his game now. You know, there's players that should be ready to go right now. TK, you know, all those young guys that are mid-20s now and aren't really considered that young in the hockey world. I think he made a point to supplement them with players who are prepared and want to win currently. Um, Which, personally, as as someone who grew up with this team, was really refreshing because it felt like for a lot of years we were stuck in this era of, They've got talent, but they've got like a lot of players that will be talented as well. And there's a big kind of gap in between the two. And it seems like Chuck has seen these guys come closer to here and kind of moved on from some of these here and supplanted planted them with people who are also kind of in that phase. Um, And I think that's what fans honestly want. Not that it's totally about, just pleasing fans there's lots of things that don't please fans that are ultimately good for a franchise but I think fans here and even the front office here rightfully so kind of had enough with this whole we play for tomorrow it's like when's tomorrow gonna come I think Chuck is bringing tomorrow
2: to the present and you know what's interesting too Jordan if you look at the guys that they brought in this offseason and look at the coaches that they've played for I think it's very, very interesting. And we talked to Cam a little bit about this when we had him on the podcast. We heard last year so many times, Sean Couturier in particular, talking about how the Flyers weren't hard enough to play against. No matter who, are, who is on the rosters of the teams John Tortorella has ever coached, I don't think any of them would ever – I don't think anybody would say that they were easy to play against, regardless of the personnel on the team. They weren't easy to play against. So you bring in Cam – who played for Tortorella you bring in Ryan Ellis who played for Peter Laviolette you bring in Keith Yandel who played for Joel Quenville these are big time coaches veteran coaches and I think you can put Elaine Vino in the same company with those coaches that I just mentioned and I think that's a big thing guys that coach players hard and players who are used to being coached hard I think you need some of that on your team and Quite frankly, I don't know that there was enough of that on this current Flyers roster. And I think that's, that's going to be a welcome addition too. Um, you know, now you have a player like Rasmus Ristolainen who the thing with him is he has been through complete upheaval in terms of coaches, different coaches, sometimes different coaches in multiple seasons. So maybe the consistency behind the bench for him will help him so you have guys coming from all different sort of backgrounds and i i really think that a veteran coach like elaine vigno and veteran players who have played for some of the the best coaches in this league can really help they can all feed off of each other you know and and and, and make for some good like that's how you build chemistry with the team everybody's background comes together and they it, you know you mesh all that together and you kind of get the, the sum of the parts. And I, I think the parts that the flyers have put together here um, should come out with a pretty good sum. And we'll obviously see that starting in September.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I sometimes I think uh, teammates help their teammates build confidence. Sometimes just the presence of a player can help build confidence. We saw it a lot with Matt Niskanen. I think he naturally built confidence in his teammates because people know Matt Niskanen and they know his pedigree. They called him steady Eddie for a reason. He was so consistent. So a lot of it's like, Oh, well, we got Matt Niskanen back there. We're good. Don't worry. Um, I think a lot of these guys, they have pedigree, they have presence. Um, I sure think Carter Hart's confidence is going to go up starting next season uh, because he's going to see a Ryan Ellis. He's going to see a Keith Yandel. Um, He's going to see those two guys who have good track records who have been there, done that in many ways. Um, And Rasmus Ristelainen is still, you know, a younger player that's coming into his own, but certainly a guy that likes physicality, likes standing up for teammates, that stuff, those little things build confidence. It's not a knock on who was here before, but Philip Myers did not have a ton of experience. Robert Haig, um, not a ton of experience, Uh, not a knock on them, but obviously the Flyers, no doubt about it, have gained a lot of experience and pedigree on the back end. And that, that I think will do wonders for Carter Hart's confidence. And And they will have practice time as well.
1: Like you're talking about adding a lot of new pieces. Yeah. Who will be able to practice together? Which last year, like Phil, we've always talked about like the the Phil, the highs are highs, the lows are lows. That's always been the criticism. Uh and last year you add to that that like none of them practiced, I think, for like a month or so at one point in the season because there was no time to practice. Um So you have no time to address your team chemistry issues or really even your individual issues. You're talking about guys who should be prepared in terms of professionalism and experience to kind of almost plug and play to a certain degree. Obviously chemistry does have to develop, but they should be ready to play hockey at a level that we know that they are capable of playing hockey, and they will have practice time to develop chemistry, which will be important because there's a lot of new pieces. But it will be available to them, which is something that was not available last season.
2: Yeah, and and Jordan, just like w- we have talked about this, and I'm not trying to c- continue to harp on this subject, but the idea that players like Travis Sanheim can't be the young guys anymore—they can't be young guys. Connect me as well. Um, I think we saw. You know, quite frankly, a little bit of immaturity with Me last year. He admitted to us that he basically came into camp out of shape on media day last year. And, you know, those kinds of things, these, because you have a player like Rasmus Ristolainen, who, Sandheim's no longer going to be the young guy on the blue line. You have somebody that's going to be looking up to Sannheim. So these guys really need to take the next step in their careers And I think the idea that they have these veterans that they brought in who maybe, in addition to the coaching staff, will hold players like Sanheim, Connect Me, those guys, will hold them accountable to make that next step. I think that will help, too, because, you know, the, the days of just leaning back, as Karen said earlier, and playing for tomorrow or, you know, seeing what tomorrow's all about we have to move on from that a little bit at this point. And there's a lot of players here, particularly all the players that came in this off season, with the exception of maybe Ristolainen, none of those players are part of eight to 10 years down the line. They're part of right now.
0: Yep. Yeah. New faces certainly fuel competition. We're going to see that. Um, Carter Hart even has a new face alongside him and Martin Jones, and that's going to fuel competition. That can't be a bad thing for Carter Hart. Um, This is an experienced guy who won a lot in San Jose, obviously hasn't been the same guy over the last couple seasons, but an experienced guy that's going to push Carter Hart. So I think that's what the Flyers' overall objective was in this offseason, changing the look and also fueling energy and competition. We'll see what that does for these 2021-22 Flyers. But Taryn and Joe, this was super fun. I I can't wait for the Cam Atkinson interview. Fans, keep an eye on that. An eye out for that, excuse me, next week. And it'll be on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com as well. Catch Taryn's interview with Cam Atkinson. And uh, we'll continue to talk about this crazy and busy offseason of the Flyers as September training camp uh, gets closer. But Taryn and Joe, thank you so much as always. Ben Barry, our podcast producer, a special thank you to him as well. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by... Great railing wherever you get your podcast please rate and listen and we cannot wait to talk to you next time